Good evening. Welcome to another exciting edition of Central Indiana Today. We have a packed show for you. We're going to be talking with Lael Hill of Mental Health America of Hendricks County. Uh, also, we're going to be talking with Brandy Perell of the Hendricks College Network, an event they have coming up. Our own intern, Cam Scoble, interviews Mr. Rob Kendall as part of his assignment for being an intern here at WYRZ. And then on the government side, I guess you could say, I'm going to be playing an excerpt for you from when uh, Governor Holcomb came to the Danville Chamber of Commerce. I got a chance to ask him a couple of questions. And uh, the elections are over now. Well, the primaries, I should say. Primary is over now as of May 3rd. I had a chance to talk with... um, candidates Jack Sadler who was running for sheriff as well as Steve Patterson who won as Lincoln Township trustee. We will also be featuring our nonprofit spotlight and that is underwritten by the Republican newspaper. So you stay right where you are and keep it tuned to WYRZ for Central Indiana Today. Central Indiana Today. Shane Ray talks with the newsmakers in and around Hendricks County. And now your host, Shane Ray. Good evening, I'm Shane Ray, and uh, as I said, we have a packed show. We're going to jump right into it. Governor um, Holcomb came to the Danville Chamber of Commerce and spoke in the April meeting. And I had a chance to ask him a couple of questions when it was over, and it went something like this. Okay, well, Governor, uh, just today a press release came out that uh, the $125... Uh, I didn't even mention that, yeah. Automatic... Well, that's why we're here. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Automatic taxpayer refund uh, will be coming in the few weeks. Now, uh, how much of a challenge was that with the state, uh, for the state, I should say, with the pandemic that was going on and maybe even winding down? Well, we have a formula, fortunately, in the state of Indiana that, that kicks in. That a, a certain percentage of our reserves is allocated toward paying down our pre-96 obligation. It's our only real significant liability that's still out there. We've paid about, since 2017, about $3.6 billion down on that uh, liability. The other area where dollars in reserve are allocated or directed uh, is to the automatic taxpayer refund. The difference between this and the last time was we expanded it um, to include about 900,000 more Hoosiers who paid taxes um, so that they'll be getting back $125 as well. So we're you know, well over 4 million Hoosiers uh, who had some kind of tax liability, paid taxes, uh, that will be in receipt of, that, of those dollars. It'll start... Um, after we begin processing, direct deposits will be first, and then following that will be the hard copy paper that will be mailed out. So we hope to have everything done by September 1, um, but it's just evidence of the importance of a thriving and growing economy that allows you to meet your debt, pay off your debts, meet your obligations, and, and oh, by the way, increase funding where it might be needed as well. So it's, it's really a case of we can increase education funding by about a billion dollars, 
still pay off our debts, still pay cash for major projects uh, that are needed. The State Archives building, I didn't name them all, but you know, when you start talking about all the infrastructure that we're paying cash for, we're saving because we're not borrowing or bonding. We're saving dollars, and, and it's just kind of feeding off itself. And we get through this inflationary, high inflationary times. On the other side, we're going to be even in, in a stronger position compared to all the competition. Can I ask a follow-up yes, question? Jump in there. Okay, sort of, sort of on uh, the same level there. Now, just today, I saw where it was announced. Uh, President Biden said he's going to allow more ethanol yeah. in the fuels this coming summer to help with uh, gas yeah. prices. Now, a lot of experts are saying that's not necessarily a good thing for the environment. Uh, with uh, that, fuel prices on the rise and uh, inflation, mm-hmm. uh, the DOT commissioner, Mike Smith's happy with where our funds are right now as far as uh, road yeah. projects and things like that go. Are you happy with that right <laughs> yourself? And how do you see that affecting with prices and inflation the way they are now affecting future infrastructure budgets? Well, we'll be we'll we'll continue. I'm I'm with Mike. Um, I'm happy that we're in a state that's solvent, that has the means to continue to meet our obligations. Um, that we're not delaying payments. That we're not like there are some. Um, who've made a habit of trying to borrow their way into prosperity. We took the opposite approach. We tightened our belt. Local communities did the same thing. The state did the same thing. And now we find ourselves in a position where when inflation hits, uh, you know, modern day high, we're talking about, you know, last month they said 8.5% hike um, rate. Um, this is decades, uh, decades after decades after 40 you know, years high. Um, but we got to meet our obligations now. We're able to do that even with the inflation that we're seeing right now. Uh, we haven't had to delay major projects yet. So when Mike said, the commissioner says he's happy, I think he's happy that we're in a position of where we can continue to meet our um, our uh, commitments. Not just obligations, but commitments. We, we've, we've seen, we're, we're going to build a new state uh, park lodge up in Potato Creek area, northern Indiana. And the inflation has hit. And prices have gone up. Westville Prison. We've needed to build a new uh, correctional facility for, for years now. By the way, that lodge, the last time we built a new state park lodge was in 1939. We're now building the first new one. We've renovated and, and they're fantastic gyms all over the state. But for a new one, now, prices have gone up, but we're able to meet those demands. And if and if uh, there comes a day where we can't, then we may have to delay construction. Uh, but we're not we're not there yet. And staying in politics, I had a chance to talk with Jack Sadler, who was running for sheriff on a primary night. As the results came in, he was still waiting for the final tally. He reluctantly talked with me, said he didn't want to jinx it, but uh, he was a good sport. Shane Ray broadcasting live from the government center, still waiting on final results uh, against his better judgment, <laughs> projected sheriff. Uh, winner of the sheriff race, this Jack Sadler is here with us. Uh, Jack, you've been pacing up and down this hall most of the night, and even after you were uh, so far way ahead, but uh, you've decided to sit down and say a few words uh, with us. Have you been? Uh, do you have any nails left on your hands, on your fingers? 
yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> got a few uh, nubs there. To, yeah, sir. I got a few nubs. Try to keep uh, my hands out of my mouth these days, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of pacing and obviously a lot of nerves. Well, I know you're not going to accept final congratulations, but congratulations on the lead, the major lead that you have so far. Thank you, sir. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to say to all your supporters? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, first and foremost, I want to thank God. I want to thank my wife and my son, Carson and Casey. I couldn't do this without them. My family has been so supportive. And, you know, our uh, from our team to all those that have helped us over the last year and a half, and we've always surrounded ourselves with amazing people, and I think that this is, uh, we're seeing the results of it tonight. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, we posted the picture of uh, when you first came in and saw Dave Galloway sitting there, and you two um, shook hands and then hugged. Uh, yeah. That was, uh, I know, made made uh, me and a lot of people feel good. There was no, there was no um, uh, backbiting type of race this time. No, sir. I, I tell you, I, I think a lot of Dave Galloway. He was sheriff for us for eight years, and and I always say that, you know, uh, each sheriff has poured into me and helped me to be as prepared as I am today, and no one has more uh, poured into me than Sheriff Clark over the last seven years and four months, but uh, I appreciate each and every leader that we've had in the past, and, and I have that respect for them and, and appreciation for what they've been able to do for me to help me be as prepared as I am. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not going to keep you. I know you're still waiting on those, uh, the exact final tally. But once again, congratulations so far on the big lead. Thank and, you. Uh, and we wish you good luck and, and come back and see us at WYRZ. Will do. Thank you, sir. And when the results were finally in, I had a chance to talk with Steve Patterson, who was running against Mike Rosemeyer in the Lincoln Township trustee category. We do have final sheet in right now. We wanted to catch... The uh, winner of the Lincoln Township Trustee, according to the finals, uh, Mr. Steve Patterson over Mike Rosemeyer. Sir, congratulations. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, represent the um, voters of Lincoln Township to be a trustee um, for the Republican Party in the November election. Now, I'll ask you the same thing I asked uh, Jack Sadler. Do you have any fingernails left? Have you been? <laughs> it's been a long day. I hit the polls at 6 a.m. and worked all day. So I was out talking to people and trying to get that and looking at the numbers and 52, 47 is pretty close. And so yeah. I was just wading through the final numbers. And so, yeah, I'm pleased and look forward to continuing and moving forward. It's Mike did a great job and was great to have somebody that was interested in serving and having him out there. And, um, it was a great challenge. And yeah, uh, it's a uh, it's always good when uh, the, you know they are um, when the candidates are complimentary to each other. You know, it could like I told Jack uh, could have been really bad. You know, oh. so but uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great. It was we we're putting signs out and yeah. talking to people, and it was all positive so uh, look forward to trying to work with public um, assistance and making sure people are served in the county and the township and work on the fire territory and public safety all right sounds good congratulations once again and thanks for talking with us thank you now while we were at the government center broadcasting the returns 
Brandy Perrell of the Hendrix College Network stopped by, and I had a chance to interview her. Unfortunately, we had a little uh, microphone trouble for the first part of the interview, and we got it straightened out towards the end, so you just kind of have to overlook the uh, the way it sounds at the very beginning, but it does straighten out. I am talking with Brandy Perrell of Hendricks College Network. How's Brandy? I am doing great. It's a wonderful day. It is a wonderful day. A good day for America. A good day for America. We even got some sunshine in. <laughs> yeah, every third minute. I loved it. <laughs> well, you are uh, as we you've been a guest before. This isn't the first time you've been on the radio, but you are with Thank the Hendricks College Network. That's Tell, right. Explain to everyone what that is. Yeah, we are just a resource for our community. We're here to make connections for our employer, employers, our employees, our neighbors, our friends, and help them find connections to those resources they need for their education, for their career, and for running their businesses. Okay, well, uh, you got a big event coming up in about three weeks, right? We do. It's really exciting. So we opened Made at Plainfield back in August, and this is a really cool place that has partners inside that I think all of you will be familiar with. It's both uh, Ivy Tech, Vincent's, the Department of Homeland Security. We have Hendricks College Network inside, of course, too, and we have Work One. So we're all getting together to have a big appreciation day for our public servants. We're calling it Public Safety Appreciation, so we're really focusing on our friends at the Department of Homeland security and having our firefighters do a lot of demonstrations but inviting the public to come check it out now when you say um, for the public I mean as far as uh, the uh, the emergency personnel you're talking about who are you including in this yeah everyone from around our community so the Department of Homeland Security is statewide of course so they'll be having all of their friends come out we'll also have the National Guard we'll have our local police and firefighters uh, so many of the people that we all know and then a few extras that are just kind of supporting what we do so our partners will all have booths and get to learn about the opportunities that they have and we're gonna have a lot of fun it'll be great for families as well now uh, as people are doing this they're getting ready they want to know more about it uh, what do they need to do well all you need to do is really just show up made is right next to Plainfield High School it's to the north and we've got plenty of parking at the high school or at our spot we're actually gonna have a Blackhawk helicopter so just come around and look for the helicopter I hear that those are hard to miss yeah I was gonna say uh, it's not something you see good just like in town here in Hendricks County I'm glad that we don't that could be signs of poor things <laughs> happening in our community yeah but this will be a fun one. Um, there'll be a lot of fire trucks you can look forward to, and uh, you, you'll see us. So it's a 100,000-square-foot beautiful building, and we'll be having a little party outside. So it'll be hard to miss. I don't think I even told you when it was, though. No, no. I just said three weeks, but uh, you might want to expand on that. I think we're headed for May 24th, as long as it's a beautiful day. If it's not a beautiful day, and we're looking at thunderstorms or tornadoes or war with Blackhawk helicopters, we'll probably reschedule it for the fall. Okay. <laughs> Now, as far as uh, when people get there, what, I mean, you're saying the public's invited. What is there for them to do? Well, we want you to come out and check out MADE. We've got some great partners, and there's going to be so many fun things to do, like food trucks. I'm pulling for the Kona ice cream truck. Shaved ice? Maybe that's what it is. But anyway, a sign of summer. (laughs) Right. Uh, I think we're going to be... Flying the Black Hawk around in circles while we rappel from it. Nope, that's a lie. We are going to check out the Black Hawk. Um, you almost had me. I know, right? They did ask me if they could rappel down from it when they land it. And I said, you can do whatever you want to do. So you might show up early and see what's up. 
Um, we will have live fire demonstrations. There's a variety of different demos that the firefighters do, which is fun. So they have a smokehouse. They have options to try on the equipment that they wear. There will be some things that are focused just on kids and others that are really focused on the firefighters and the technology and tools that they use. So I think there's going to be something for everybody. We're going to have some friends making lemonade and handing it out. We will have all of our partners inside of MAID showing what they're up to. So I think it's going to be something that's worth making time for. It is an afternoon and evening thing, so there'll be plenty of time to get there. Excellent. Now, if folks want to stay up not only on this, but what's going on with the Hendricks College Network, what can they do? Well, you can always check out our social media. You can find us HendricksCollegeNetwork.org. You can always come by MADE, and we'll give you a quick tour and tell you what's up and hopefully inspire you to pursue your career dreams and whatever else you might need from us. Okay, sounds good. And, of course, if you missed any of that information, you can give me a call to radio station 317-852-1610. If I don't know the answer, I'll get you in touch with Brandy, and she'll help you out ASAP, right? That's right. That's what I'm here for. All right, Brandy, thanks for talking with us. Thank you, buddy. Thanks to Brandy and everyone that talked with us at the Government Center on uh, May 3rd. We certainly do appreciate it. Next, we're going to be talking with Lael Hill of Mental Health America of Hendricks County. And that will also be our nonprofit spotlight that's underwritten by the Republican newspaper. Finding out what your town council, school board, or county commissioners are up to can be accomplished with the Republican newspaper in Danville. Started in 1847, they've been providing local news, sports, features, and more. Subscribing to the paper is possible by calling 317-745-2777, and they can be followed on Facebook by searching for The Republican. As I told you, I have a special guest in my uh, studio, although she tells me that uh, she has actually been in here before, and I don't think I was in here at the time, but I will get her introduced and then we'll talk about that. Lael Hill of Mental Health America, Hendricks County, of Hendricks County. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Mental Health America of Hendricks County. We also call it M-H-A-H-C for short. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. <laughs> for, yeah. But uh, now, you, uh, as I said, you you said you did, had been in here before, but uh, not with me necessarily. You were here with, was it Rob? I was here with Rob. Yeah, that was, um, oh, several years ago yeah. when I was with uh, National Agency Mothers Against Drunk Driving. So I had the privilege to come on and talk to the community with Rob on how to designate a non-drinking driver if your plans include alcohol and why that's important. So that was my time at MAD uh, when I was the state director and spokesperson. So that that was a few years ago. And then I also came on with William Roadhamel. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Yeah. With mm -hmm. the foundation, he had a show here. And mm -hmm. so uh, Holly McFadden and I from the Children's Bureau uh, were on the board of directors for Prevent Child Abuse Hendricks County. So we came on one year for pre Child Abuse Prevention Month in April. Yeah. So this is my third time here. Uh, always good to be here. I love this. I love this building. It's literally two minutes down the road from my house. So yeah, that was a great show, which mm -hmm. was uh, kind of similar to this one because they featured nonprofits and 
you are now working once again for a nonprofit. So um, I am. Let's I talk am. a little bit about that. What is uh, Mental Health America of Hendricks County? Sure. Mental Health America of Hendricks County is the local affiliate chapter of Mental Health America, a, a very large national agency that promotes mental wellness in our community. And that's what we do here locally. So we, we are one of several affiliate chapters in the state under the uh, umbrella of Mental Health America. We serve Hendricks County, but we often times will serve people from Putnam and Marion County, um, you know, kind of our neighbors in the community. If, if anyone needs services and they're around, we will absolutely serve them. So that's a little bit about Mental Health America of Hendricks County. Our mission is to promote mental wellness in the community um, and really serve anyone that may be impacted by a mental illness, but not just that. Um, promoting mental wellness activities. And that's sort of what I get into a lot is that not just talking about mental illness and how that impacts individuals and families, but talk about healthy activities through mental wellness and self-care to prevent any type of onset of mental illness symptoms. So that is what we do. We're a big advocacy organization as well. Uh, so we provide a lot of education, uh, suicide prevention programming, and uh, criminal justice advocacy um, as well. Uh, you kind of touched on something there. When people think about mental uh, mental health, they are, I mean, it covers a, a wide variety of things. Mm -hmm. It's not only for um, the people who might be suffering from, from some form of mental illness. Uh, you guys uh, talk about how to prevent it or uh, recovery and things mm. like that. Absolutely. And, uh, there's different avenues. Also, uh, there's, uh, uh, and you can expand on this if you want. Um, it, it affects for I mean, the, the, the prognosis and recovery can be different for different ages. There are kids uh, under the age of 18 who, for whatever reason, may have witnessed uh, something traumatic or mm -hmm. um, they could be, uh, people, if if I may be so bold as to say our age, and mm -hmm. then the, the folks who are, let's say, seniors, uh, 65 or older. And uh, 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 you were telling me off mic that, uh, like, for instance, our good friend Marina Kears is someone that you have uh, talked with when it comes to senior mental health mm -hmm. and things like that. Yes, our go-to guru. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I had talked with um, her assistant, Haley, and... Uh, uh, and also uh, with her as well, talking about during the pandemic, and it was tough mm. for them with the doors closed, trying to keep uh, our older citizens' mental health mm -hmm. uh, positive because, uh, let's say, they're cut off from family, um, and it gets into eating properly and things mm -hmm. like that. Isolation. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in fact, you know, anyone can go to mentalhealthamerica.org, which is our national agency. They give us all the data and, you know, they have the data from 2020 and it's off the charts of uh, the anxiety and depression that Americans were experiencing. We were able to gather that data through our screening. Um, anyone can get online and go to mentalhealthamerica.org and take a screening and that's sort of what we're seeing and and the depression and anxiety i mean you can just see on the charts it just skyrocketed in 2020 and you'd mentioned different populations and mental mental illness 
uh, is such a broad spectrum yeah. and it, it kind of, it, 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 uh, it covers different areas, different populations, um, but it can intersect with other environmental factors too. Um, so for example, like you were saying, you have uh, Alzheimer's and you're older and isolated, then you might develop depression and, mm-hmm. and anxiety. So not only now are you an older adult and you have Alzheimer's, but now you're feeling da- down and sad and you can't get out of bed that day, for example. Uh, there's also, um, but you know, I, I do want to remind everybody too that environmental factors can cause a mental illness. No one is immune from having a mental illness. You could get into a horrific car crash today or experience a homicide or witness a homicide and have PTSD, depression, anxiety from that. So no one, no one is immune to that. Um, but yet we still have that negative stigma associated with having a mental illness. Um, but then we also have the biological factors of mental illness that, um, someone may inherit, uh, from their family or DNA. It gets passed along. And those are sort of, um, your bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, depression, is also in that category. Depression can be environmental or biological. Um, so there's so many different factors that play into having a mental illness. Um, and, and sometimes people throw the, have the dual diagnosis as well. And then they, you, you get substance abuse because they're self-medicating. So, um, you know, you, you can have so many risk factors um, from a biological and environmental perspective. And youth right now, um, you know, them being so young, they don't have the coping skills in place to address it. We, we are seeing that um, suicide is the second leading cause of death among young kids ages 10 up to 24 years old today. Mm-hmm. So I think it's 34, 24 or 34, but still second leading cause of death. So yeah. um, we're, we're trying to do everything we can to promote mental wellness, um, self-care, healthy exercise, diet, eating, um, getting out and going outside uh, to prevent any type of onset of those symptoms. Yeah. And, you know, it not only the person who might have uh, whatever type of um, mental uh, needing some mental health, there are. The families, let's mm-hmm. say, and I'll give us an example for the listener. Uh, I've known uh, more than once uh, a couple, and maybe one of the one of the two would get and uh, would you know develop Alzheimer's, and that takes quite a toll on the the spouse, and then mm-hmm. uh, the family, and becomes fatiguing and depressing and everything else, and they can fall victim if that's the proper term, uh, just as easily. Oh, but, absolutely. But they might not think, well, I just need to pull myself up on my bootstraps or whatever, and I don't need help and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You probably run into that. I do. You know, that's interesting that you say that. I think that's part of our American culture. We're all very hardworking. We sometimes don't want to admit that there are any types of mental health problems because of that negative stigma associated yeah. with having a mental illness and sometimes the way the media has portrayed it, like with one flew over the cuckoo's nest, for example. So, but 
I, I think that is such an important thing that you mentioned, um, caregiving and caregiving, um, is, is, can cause burnout among caregivers. And then that can lead to them feeling stress, which in turn leads to some depression and anxiety too. Anxiety of how, how am I going to properly care for my aging mother? Um, who is developing Alzheimer's, but also lived her entire life with schizophrenia. So not only has she um, had psychosis and has heard voices, now she's developing Alzheimer's. Mm. And I think as Americans, you know, one, we're very hardworking. We have a hustle culture in our country. We will work to the death. And it is yeah. not really necessarily good on our mental health. Um, but two, we also really want to take care of our families. We feel um, that we should be be the ones caring for our family. And we don't really want to, we feel if we sent, you know, I don't even like to use the word sent to a, a nursing home because nursing homes um, or assisted living also have a negative connotation sure. to that. Um, so, but we feel if we allow, I guess I should say, um, some help into our lives from professionals that um, have experience and the skill set to work with our loved ones that were letting them down or abandoning them. Um, so oftentimes Americans don't do that. They, they provide the caregiving, but then that leads to stress and burnout. And sometimes that even can lead to um, elder abuse. Right. Uh, and we, we don't want to see that happen. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because there are several uh, caregiver support groups um, in our community. And anyone is welcome to contact our agency at 317-272-0027 um, to get that help. So we, we do want to tell um, people out there that we are here not just for the individual, but for the entire family. And if someone is experiencing caregiver burnout, uh, we will certainly get them connected to a support group um, and the resources that are available for them uh, so that they can make sure that they can take care of them themselves because that is a very difficult job yeah so that's a great point i'm so glad you mentioned that oh yeah and uh, you know like i said uh, marina has been on and they have touched on that a little in specifically what you were talking about the caregiver uh, you know, help and things like that, support groups and things like that. So mm -hmm. definitely understand that. Uh, now, one thing we uh, want to talk about is, of course, uh, you guys are a nonprofit. So we that are. means you got to rely on fundraising and donations and grants and just like we do here at WIRZ. And you have mm -hmm. one coming up, right? A we, fundraiser. We do. Yeah. We are a 501c3 organization. My full-time job is really asking people for money for a living. That's what I do in the nonprofit sector. And so we raise money through several different avenues, um, grant writing, uh, uh, fundraising through events and, and, and individual uh, donations. So... This year, we're hosting our second annual Walking for the Health of It, and it is at Williams Park here in Brownsburg, um, and it is a 5K race and mental wellness health fair. So I added the mental wellness health fair in it. We see a lot of health fairs in the community, but not so much focused on mental health. Um, and so uh, any participant can come that day and they can visit our vendor booths. They can participate in activities that promote mental wellness. Uh, last year, we had trauma-informed yoga, for example. Um, Care to Change uh, hosted that. And that was wonderful. Free yoga for the community 
that's known to reduce stress. Yeah. Um, we have music, door prizes, and then you, if you would like, you can sign up for the 5K. That's $25 to participate in the, in the 5K race. So mm. it's going to be a great day. Uh, a lot of Hendricks County nonprofit and businesses uh, are setting up vendor booths there. So you can come and, and see what new things and resources our community has to offer. It's going to be a, a wonderful day. So let's just hope for good weather. But if not, you know, we have a pavilion. And if it rains, then I'll just send out an email, say, bring your poncho, because we're, we're, it's still <laughs> happening. It's still happening. Rain or shine. Rain or shine. Okay, mm-hmm. sounds good. Now, if folks want to stay, uh, if they want to be involved in this, mm-hmm. or if they just want to stay up on uh, Mental Health America of Hendricks County, once again, what's that number? It's 317-272-0027, and they can call that number, leave a voicemail. We'll, we'll get back in touch with uh, um, them, or they can also follow us on Facebook uh, if it's at Mental Health America of Hendricks County. Uh, we post a lot of our uh, events, um, and uh, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, too, so we post a lot of statistics and facts and resources on our Facebook page as well. Okay. And of course, if you missed any information, you can give me a call here at the radio station, 317-852-1610. If I don't know the answer, I'll get you in touch with Lael and she'll help you out as ASAP, right? Oh, absolutely. All right. Lael Hill, Mental Health America of Hendricks County. Thanks for being our guest today. Uh, Shane, thank you so much for having us. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. And our final guest on the show is our good friend Rob Kendall. And the reason for that is because there wasn't a whole lot of new stuff for him to talk about except his new co-host. But the reason that uh, he was a guest is because our intern, who is a high school student, and I believe you heard from uh, last month, his name is Cam Scoble, his assignment was to do an interview, conduct the interview, run the sound, and edit it. So he did it all for this interview. And uh, keep that in mind when you listen to it, okay? I think he did a great job. I'm Cam Scoble for Central Indiana Today, and I'm here with Rob Kendall. Rob, how are you? I'm great, Cam. Thanks for having me with you today. So have you lived in Brownsburg all of your life? or Almost my whole life. Almost, uh, right. For some people, they probably feels to them like I've been here for about four <laughs> lifetimes. But yes, I moved here when I was very young. All right, so you went to high school here as well? I did. Uh, class of 2002. I think they've actually transposed me out of the class photo that's up in the high school. But yes, mm-hmm. I, I did graduate from Brownsburg High School. I was not even born in 2002. Well, I feel old as dirt. <laughs> I was born the next year, 2003. Oh, well, that makes it all different. <laughs> it should, it should. I suddenly feel like a spring chicken, Cam, <laughs> all over again. So I heard that you uh, owned a radio station in North Carolina. I did. I owned a, a radio station in Whiteville, which is about 30 minutes to the west of Wilmington. So very close to the beach, very close to being able to get yourself in trouble in a rapid <laughs> fashion. And uh, yes, I did that for several years. All right, so when did you move to North Carolina since you lived in Brownsburg since most of your life? So I lived uh, basically half and half. I lived here for a couple weeks, and then I would go down there for a couple weeks. I turned the uh, back of the radio station into a house. And Cam, you probably haven't lived on your own yet, but you've never really lived on your own until you've turned (laughs) the back of a radio station into a house. I think I'll, I'll be living on my own soon, going to college. Yeah, and and I highly encourage you at some point to come in here and say, Shane, may I turn the back of this radio station into a house and see how that goes? <laughs> it was quite the experience. 
It must have been. So how is having a radio station in a small town like Whiteville? Well, it's a lot of what you guys experience here. We did a lot of the same types of things. Our job was to serve the community. So, uh, you know, the mayor had a show. We would have elected leaders in the community have a show where the civic clubs would be on. We'd run a lot of the, the church services. So unlike the bigger stations like you might see here in Indianapolis, our primary driver wasn't ratings. It's a lot like WYRZ, where our goal is to serve the community and showcase the community, which is why I would later become so successful on Shane's station here on WYRZ. <laughs> a lot of practice on somebody else's dime, somebody else's dime being my own. Did you also do interviews like this uh, while in North Carolina? I did, and it's funny because my first job in radio was right up the road from where we are now on Green Street. It was WKLU 101.9 at the time. I started as an intern uh, when I was 18 years old. And very quickly, uh, someone who now works here, Jason Dozier, was my first boss. Uh, either through having confidence in me or his own laziness, <laughs> Jason gave me the high school sports show. And so I used to do exactly what you were doing. I would go to the high schools and interview all the uh, local coaches for a weekly sports show. Are that branched off into your own company, Audio Sports Online? Yeah, so we, Jason and I, uh, this is in the early days of the internet cam when you were uh, still probably running around in diapers. <laughs> it was a big deal to stream something on the internet. It's not uh, the way it is now where there was no YouTube or no Facebook book, uh, no Twitter. So we uh, created a company where uh, local high school sports or college sports, a lot of minor league sports could be broadcast on the internet. And that was a really big deal back then because live online streaming was not something that was mainstream. And so it enabled a lot of uh, local high schools and colleges to broadcast their games if they didn't have uh, contracts with radio stations. And what like uh, sports did you like... Uh broadcast over oh we did it all our primary oh. was uh football <laughs> we'd probably have 75 to 80 football games on a friday night we did basketball we did baseball we did softball we did soccer we did swimming we did uh disc golf we did weddings we live streamed weddings uh if our motto was if you had a check and it was legal by uh, account of the federal authorities we would stream it for you and i also heard that you became a town council member in brownsburg how did you uh come about doing that well this really is shane's fault because <laughs> shane shane told me hey you'd be pretty good at public service you should consider putting your toe in the water I'm kidding. Uh, since I grew up here, I loved this town. I've lived here my whole life and saw there was an opening on the town council. And I thought, you can either be a complainer or a doer. And so I decided to get involved. I'd never been involved, really, uh, at least from an elected or appointed position, anything political before that. So it was uh, an honor to be able to serve to serve my town. So do you have any uh, of like proud accomplishments that you had while you were running for, uh, we're not running for, but in town council? Well, my primary uh, accomplishment when I was running is I won. So that was my biggest accomplishment <laughs> while running. Uh, I think that we really changed the the way the town was run. I think the, the biggest thing we did, uh, Brownsburg was a very high-taxed town before I got here. It's become a very high-taxed town again since I left. But we were able to cut tax rates for property owners 18.5% in the four years that I was here. And that enabled a lot of... Uh, good things to grow the community that that has uh, that, that happened during the four years that I was there. All right, and obviously to like become elected and be a member, you have to be elected. What was like the election process for you? Uh, a lot of begging and pleading for people to love me and 
want to vote for me? No, no, no. We, so we, we, it's not, that's not that far off. Um, it's basically like, it's like a popularity contest, right? You're getting people to, it's you and another guy and you're saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. And I think the biggest thing that we did and why we won is we worked very hard. We knocked on close to 4,000 doors when I ran for town council. Brownsburg wasn't nearly as big then as it is now. That was 11 years ago. And so that was a, a, a real accomplishment. And generally in local elections, the candidate who works the hardest is usually going to win. And so after town council, you became the host of this show, Central Indiana Today. Yeah, uh, Shane had the great misfortune of having me host this program for, what, close to close to two years. Yeah, and so when I was, my time on town council was, uh, was winding down, I had to make a decision if I wanted to run for another office or this radio station was getting off the ground at the same time. And Cam, you can either be a pundit or you can be a politician. You can't be a pundit and a politician. And so for me, talking about people was a lot more enjoyable than being talked about. And so we had this show from 2015 to late 2017. And right. it's never been the same since. <laughs> what do you guys normally like cover on Central Indiana today? Man, we had everybody. We had everybody from the President of the United States, the Governor, our Senators, the Congress people, to the local Chamber of Commerce people. It was basically... Any person who was making news in central Indiana, whether it be on a big scale, a community scale, we brought them in. It was a 30-minute program that we ran every single night. And I also heard that you uh, you said you interviewed presidents. I heard that you've interviewed Donald Trump. I did. He told me I was terrific, <laughs> a great dream, and he wished every interview could be just like this. Probably because I was one of his biggest fans. But, yes, he was phenomenal. He was very gracious, and that was one of the highlights of my radio career and then right now you're currently a host of uh, Kendall and Casey yes I work for WIBC which is 93.1 in Indianapolis and we're on from 9 to noon weekdays uh, and WIBC when I was a kid was the station I used to listen to they had Rush Limbaugh on there Mike Pence before he was the governor and then vice president was a host on that station so it's a real honor to work for the station that you grew up listening to so Casey's now you now your new co-host and how are you how are you liking her and her performances she's awesome uh, she comes to us from Grand Rapids Michigan she was a program director for a, a group of stations there uh, her daughter goes to Purdue, so she wanted to move back here to be closer to her daughter. So she's a great broadcaster, and she's really off to a great start. Well, thanks, Rob, for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thanks for asking. <laughs> when I was your age, I was doing the same thing. I was sitting across, I'm sure, from some old man like you are me <laughs> saying, get out of the way. It's my time on the radio, and this is the radio <laughs> circle of life that I am fulfilling. <laughs> All right, I'm Cam Scoble, and this has been Central Indiana Today. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, Rob. And thank you for listening to Central Indiana Today on WYRZ. You've been listening to Central Indiana Today with your host, Shane Ray.